Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And it was different with Chase coming in in regards to really knowing our offense and being a little bit of an assistant coach as well. But every situation, every year, every team is different. So uh, whatever it is, you know, uh, uh, just looking for competition from everybody, I think brings the best out of them. So I, I hope I hope he would be. That was the voice of a rejuvenated and overhyped Matt Nagy, your Bears coach, interim Bears coach. And now joining us on the Alpamonte Ford hotline, Alpamonte Ford in Melrose Park. Is J.J. Stankovitz of NBC Sports Chicago, who is writing about a situation, probably even a bear situation, even worse than their quarterback situation, if that's possible. J.J., thanks for joining us today. I assume you're talking about the tight end. I, I am, and I wanted you to t- share with the class your work, because just when you thought it was bad enough that Mitch Trubisky can't learn at the NFL level, here's an important position the Bears can't get right. So, uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, look at what Matt Nagy said about the tight end position when he got hired, and, and talking about that when they signed Trey Burton, is that this is one of the most, if not the most important position in his offense. It's the one that he feels like he can do the best in creating mismatches. Uh, it's the one that should theoretically allow the run game to kind of get going. And look, if you look at the iterations of this offense in Kansas City and Philadelphia, those two teams ran two tight end sets a lot. I mean, we're talking about, I think, top five, top ten in the league over the last couple of years. Obviously, you know, Travis Kelsey, Zach Ertz on Philadelphia, Dallas Goddard's also there. But you know, Andy Reid finds a way to get tight ends on the field, not just Travis Kelsey, and that allows him to create the kind of mismatches that Matt Nagy's offense cannot do. And last year, there were 12 tight ends who had more receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns than the Bears' tight end room had combined. That's an absolute joke. That's completely unacceptable for an offense that needs success at tight end. So this is where I think the Bears really need a a full – plan to to really pour resources into this position so that means you know i wrote this on nbcsportschicago.com in that article you're referencing go out and make a play for austin hooper he's probably going to wind up being the highest paid tight end of the nfl a month from now but you know what go out and and really make a play for him because what he can do as someone who can play in line play in the slot be a, a decent blocker but a really good receiver that's what the bears are missing and then additionally 
go out and draft a tight end. It doesn't have to be with one of your second-round picks, maybe a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, but also don't count on that rookie tight end to be the solution. I, I've seen some thoughts that the Bears could maybe go and find a cheaper free agent and then use one of those second-round draft picks on you know, a guy like Cole Komet, a local kid who had a really good career at Notre Dame. But based on history, rookie tight ends just don't do well in their first year. You're talking about 25 catches, 300 yards, maybe a couple touchdowns, and probably getting overmatched as a blocker. That is not what the Bears need. They need really bold action at the tight end position. Otherwise, you know, Andy Dalton could be their quarterback, and he's probably not going to be a lot better than Mitch Trubisky if the offense isn't operating the way the mastermind of the offense wants it to operate. Yeah, man, and to to further punctuate your point about the Bears' tight ends last year relative to others around the league, just on their own team, when J.P. Holtz is the guy that has the most receiving yards for your tight ends, I mean, that that's, that's <laughs> yeah. kind we of... We are all J.P. Holtz. Yeah, and God bless J.P. Holtz. But Jesper that, Horstead. That, that is the absolute essence. Um, as far as the, the free, free agent, I, I we've... Heard a lot of the talk about Austin Hooper. You just brought him up, 787 last year, yards-wise, six TDs. Why haven't we heard the name Hunter Henry more? Is he too expensive, too injury-prone? Why Why is that name not popped up? Because I actually think he's the more talented player. Yeah, Mark, I totally agree with you that he is the more talented player. But, look, I mean, the Bears – I mean, you were there for Matt Nagy's press conference on Tuesday when he was asked about the tight ends. The first thing he brought up was availability and that Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen weren't really available. And – you know, they even when they were on the field, I think both those guys still dealt with nagging injuries. Trey Burton was pretty obvious. Shaheen, maybe a little bit less so. But the Bears really, if they're going to take a swing at this tight end position, going after a guy who's had some pretty significant knee injuries in the past seems like a pretty risky proposition. Now, if Hunter Henry is willing to take a one-year deal to rebuild his value, I think that has that that should have some interest to the Bears. But I don't. You know, Hunter Henry is a very talented player. There are going to be some teams out there that are going to want to guarantee him some more money beyond year one. So I think, and also too, beyond that, I I think the Bears' best route here is to sign a tight end to a long-term contract, to be up four or five years, but kind of backload it um, to where you can have some salary cap relief in year one because you're still going to pay Trey Burton $8.5 $8.5 million against the cap this year that you're not going to get out from under that. So maybe sign Austin Hooper, but, you know, give him, you know, his cap hit in year one is maybe six or 7 million. And then you deal with it escalating later on, but also if the new CBA passes and some new TV deals are reached, you could be paying Austin Hooper $12 million in 2022. And that might look like a bargain at that point. I like the idea of signing Austin Hooper because it'll revive the Robert Shaw character in Jaws, Hoopa. talking to Ooh. Richard Dreyfuss's character, Mr. Hoopa. I like that. That'll bring that back. So, J.J. Uh, Stankovic joins us. We're talking, He covers the Bears, writes about the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. What do you hope, what do you believe, what do you think Matt Nagy learned from the Super Bowl? Uh, well, I mean... The lesson that I think we all took from the Super Bowl, Steve, was that if you have the best quarterback on the field, you're probably going to win. And oh, well, okay. Bears, it's all over. Thank you, Bears fans. We've got yeah. nothing okay. to see just here. Yep. Yeah, just move on. Uh, Sim to <laughs> end of season. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think the lesson, though, is that you can have those interceptions, right? You know, Patrick Mahomes, for the first 45, 50 minutes of that game, was mm. not good. Yeah. And yet, 
he came up with the throws he needed to make late in the game. So, you know, Matt Nagy can look at it and say, okay, yeah, like Mitch will have some of those moments early in the game. You're like, God, what are you doing? But if you can come out and make the throw late in the game, it really does erase a lot. The problem is that a lot of the time Mitch Trubisky does not make that throw. You know, I, I think back to the one against the Chargers in October where, you know, the Bears are, are leading that game and he's got Taylor Gabriel wide open, a perfect play action play, shot play. If he hits Gabriel, it's a touchdown. The Bears go on to win that game. Instead, he overthrows him. Next play, loses a fumble. Chargers go down score. They wind up winning the game. And, and that is where, you know, you look at what Trubisky does, and he has made some big throws in those late-game situations, but not enough. And I think that the, the lesson is that if you can just find a way to get Mitch to make a couple more throws during a game with a good defense, you can be competitive. I, I think asking him to be Mahomes or Watson or whoever is not realistic right now, but just get a couple of those shot plays down and this Bears team might be 10-6 and six last year, and they might be going to the playoffs. So I do think that if you're looking at this from an optimistic standpoint, it is that the Bears are, are maybe not as far off as we think. The problem is, well, do you have the quarterback who can make those throws, whether it's Trubisky, whether it's Andy Dalton, or you know, whoever it may be, do you have the quarterback who can make that throw and, and get you over that hump with what will still be a, a pretty good defense. Well, then this is a, a perfect time to talk about the, the quarterback, J.J. Let me read you this tweet from J.J. Stankovitz. Um, <laughs> from, Who's that guy? Yeah. No, this is awesome. This is one of the best headlines I've seen so far in the Bears offseason. This is the tweet from J.J. four days ago now. So things could, could have changed. Four days is a long time in, in Twitter terms. How the Bears can trade for Derek Carr and still have enough money to fill out the rest of their roster, and Tom Brady is the only way they can. In the words of Steve Rosenblum, splain, Lucy. Splain. Yeah. So I had a little fun with this on Monday. um, As I was thinking, like, I was essentially challenging myself to find a way to get Derek Carr on the Bears because I think Derek Carr is the best option they could possibly have to upgrade over Mitch Trubisky. The only way he becomes available, and talking to some folks out who cover the Raiders, is if the Raiders sign Tom Brady. Um, So that's the starting point. The Raiders need to go out and sign Tom Brady. But the way that I explained it was they don't just sign Tom Brady. Tom Brady drags this thing out, and he doesn't sign with the Raiders on March 18th. So we get to maybe March 23rd, March 25th. All the teams that needed a quarterback that would be otherwise interested in Derek Carr have signed a quarterback. So Philip Rivers goes to the Colts. Uh, you know, the, the Buccaneers get their guy. Maybe it's Teddy Bridgewater. Maybe the Patriots, in this instance, I said, trade for Andy Dalton as insurance for Tom Brady. So all, all of a sudden, there's not really a market for Derek Carr. But the Raiders can't keep him on their roster making $21.5 million. So they have to trade him. And to make this trade work without kind of fudging the money, the Bears trade the Raiders a couple late-round picks, but also trade them Mitch Trubisky and his $9.2-something million cap hit. So all of a sudden, you're talking about Derek Carr now fitting in $12 million or so against the cap, essentially net in trading away Trubisky. You can still sign a guy like Case Keenum as insurance. You're paying your quarterbacks about $17 million. That sounds pretty palatable. You know, Essentially, we're talking about net losing Trubisky here. So a lot would have to happen. 
the first thing obviously would have to happen beyond the Raiders signing Tom Brady is that Ryan Pace would have to say, okay, I'm ready to make the boldest move I've ever made as general manager and trade Mitch Trubisky. And I think I, I was talking to a guy out in Oakland who was sort of speculating, this is not, you know, really a rumor or anything, but was speculating that Trubisky fits the profile of the guy John Gruden likes to fix. Remember last year yeah. when he traded for Deshaun Kaiser? Huh. You're like, what is he doing? Why are you trading for Deshaun Kaiser? <laughs> well, that's because Kaiser is a, a super talented guy who just never really put it together. And Trubisky kind of fits that role. And you're like, okay, I could see like them signing Tom Brady, trading for Mitch, having him back up Brady, see what you got in him. And then yeah. if Brady decides to hang it up after a year, sign Mitch to an extension or do whatever to keep him there. And all of a sudden you got your quarterback who Gruden thinks he can fix. Now, maybe like revived a la Tannehill or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like that. And and that's not out of the question. I think it's more, like I, I speculated this, but in this instance, which it would take a lot to get there and there are no signs that the Bears are even close to this, but the person who would say no to this trade would be Ryan Pace, more likely than John Gruden was kind of my thinking on that. So it, it's going to be a really interesting couple weeks here because Derek Carr he threw for over 4,000 yards last year. He had a pretty good year and he's only 28. His contract is a bargain right now and will continue to be a bargain as the salary cap explodes. And if the bears could somehow find a way to get him on their roster while also clearing a bit of cap space to, to get him there, that allows them to address their needs. They can still go out and sign Austin Hooper. They can still go out and sign a, a starting inside linebacker or a starting safety or, you know, get a better right guard. Uh, while addressing the quarterback position, which they do need to address this offseason. Talking with J.J. Stankovitz, NBC Sports Chicago. He writes about the Bears, talking with him about the Bears on the score. Um, Does John Rudin like to fix guys who apparently struggle to learn how to learn at the NFL level? Because I think both Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy have told us that's the case with Mitch Trubisky, that he has not learned how to learn at the NFL level, and I don't know how that gets fixed. Do you believe that? Do you know how it gets uh, fixed? You know, it, it's not. It, it is definitely a concern, Steve, because we're still hearing about Trubisky needing to be a master of coverages and, and needing to do all these different things. And, you know, yeah, I think that other quarterbacks pick it up quicker, right? And to continue to point to quarterbacks developing at their own pace. It's a fair thing for Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy to point to, but I, I can't imagine there is a single Bears fan that wants to hear it when Patrick Mahomes just won the Super Bowl <laughs> and Deshaun Watson's out there making highlight reel plays in the playoffs. Like, what, what, what Bears fan wants to hear that? So I, I, I don't quite get why that still is being pointed out. You know, it, it's okay if you say, hey, Mitch isn't where we want him to be and don't couch it in the rest of the roster not being where you want it to be either like the the one thing I keep going back to with how the Bears and and this is more Ryan Pace than Matt Nagy I think Matt Nagy was more direct talking about Trubisky uh, on Tuesday was that Pace tends to frame everything in in generalities well you know hey what do you need to get out of your quarterback well we need to get more out of the rest of our roster (laughs) and the, the Bears as a franchise have been doing this for a long time to justify poor quarterback play well, we got to get the run game going, and that's how we're going to get our quarterback going. Or, you know, we really don't have the playmakers to get our quarterback going. Or, yeah, we can just rely on our defense, and if Rex Grossman isn't very good, that's fine. Uh, the, the, this is how you as a franchise 
have Jay Cutler as the best quarterback you've had since Sid Luckman. Like you just can, they cannot continue to make excuses for poor quarterback play. Just bad quarterback play is bad quarterback play. It doesn't matter if you can't get a run game going, if you don't have the tight ends, if your offensive line stinks, just admit that you got to get better at quarterback and that can solve a lot of issues. Ryan Pace should not be allowed. You mentioned Joe Cut- Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler, Mike Lennon, Mitch Trubisky. He should not be allowed to make another quarterback decision. That remo- If that involves removing him from his position, then you have to take him out of that position. His default setting is BS. You don't get anything close to truth. The only truth then is in his actions. His quarterback actions have been wrong all the way along. How does anyone hold any positive thought for the Bears to get this thing changed? I think the way you view it in a positive light is that Matt Nagy will have input on who that quarterback is for the first time. Um, You know, obviously Chase Daniel was a Matt Nagy guy. Chase Daniel was brought in for a specific reason not to be a starter. So if Matt Nagy is going in there and, and saying, hey, this is who I want, Ryan Pace needs to listen to that because you're absolutely right. You know, he probably hung on to Jay Cutler a little bit longer than he should have. Then the Mike Glennon signing was a disaster even though it wasn't really as bad as a lot of people thought it was, it still became a joke. And then whiffing on Trubisky and, and not taking Watson or Mahomes is the, the biggest black mark of them all. So I, I think if you're going to look at it from a positive standpoint, it has to be that Ryan Pace is going to lean heavily on who Matt Nagy wants. And I do think he will. I think he's smart enough to realize that he hired this coach to be a, you know, a quarterback guy, an offensive guy, so he's got to be really collaborative with him in terms of who they bring in. And Pace and Nagy do have a very good relationship about bringing in players and targeting guys and, and signing those guys. So if, if Nagy can convince Pace, like, hey, look, I'm saying Mitch is the guy because he's on the roster right now, but he's not our guy. And if you can go out and trade for Derek Carr, get me that guy, then I think Ryan Pace has to listen to that and, and maybe swallow his pride because also – if it, it, the other dangerous thing about listening to what Ryan Pace said is I, I kind of left it with the impression that mostly Ryan Pace doesn't think he can add a quarterback who is better than Mitch Trubisky. And that's not based on him necessarily having this rosy view of Trubisky. It's, it's more based on the quarterbacks available, the resources the Bears have to them. But I got kind of a tinge of Pace wanting Trubisky to be the guy so bad that he can't have a truly unbiased evaluation of him. And to me, that would be the most damaging thing for this franchise is if they, is if Ryan Pace is a little bit blinded in his evaluation of Trubisky, because he's his guy drafted him. He's Trubisky is a really good guy, hard worker, good teammate, the, the kind of guy you want to succeed. And you have to make really hard decisions sometimes. And you have to admit essentially with your actions, a mistake, and if Ryan Pace doesn't do that, then he, he's, his job is on the line. And I think it, it's going to take some bold action for him to re-cement his job security if the quarterback thing doesn't work out this year. Okay, well, we can always hope for that then. Get a new GM in there. J.J., thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, you got it, guys. All right, J.J. Stankovitz from NBC Sports Chicago. Talking about the Bears and... Ryan Pace, whose default setting is BS. Make yeah. a resolution, Steve. I to am. lose I am. weight. No, and this Steve Look, has. I've made the resolution. You did. You- <laughs> <laughs> Look.
Make a resolution. <laughs> it's the greatest word in sports talk show host history. Look, it cleans the slate. Make a resolution to lose weight with Nutrisystem for men, just like my guy from the morning show, Molly, uh, who lost some weight over the past three months. The man looks good. Join today. And when you buy your first month of food, you'll get a month absolutely free. Go to Nutrisystem.com slash radio to get started. He's Mark Rohde. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We're Saturday Suckage, and it's except no substitutes. We suck, so you don't have to. Although the NHL is trying to usurp our territory, and the NHL is doing this with its feel-good story of the year. And it's finding a way to just soil the bed. So we'll talk about that. I also have something on Kane and Taves to that end. On both? One, the other? Both on Kane and Taves. A common reframe that I would like to argue with. Okay. Well, we'll discuss that next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Yeah. Welcome and welcome back. Saturday Suckage. Except no substitutes. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody. Bruh. Suckage like it ought to be. We suck so you don't have to. Speaking of sucking, the NHL got the story of the year last week. It It is the only sport in which something like this can happen. And it did. This Something like this could never happen in the NFL, could never happen in Major League Baseball, could never happen in the NBA. But in the NHL, it can and it was glorious and romantic and wonderful. Both Carolina goalies got hurt in Maple Leaf Gar- in uh, in Toronto. Not in Maple Leaf Gardens. That that'll play a role later. They need an emergency goalie. We saw this with the Blackhawks. Scott Foster came came out and got dressed up and played goaltender in that game against the Flyers. David Ayers, forty two year old Zamboni driver and practice goalie for the minor league team, the AHL team for the Maple Leafs in the what used to be Maple Leaf Gardens, legendary Maple Leaf Gardens. And he comes on, and he's got to play. He could have played for either team. If, if both goalies had gone down for the Maple Leafs, he would have been their goalie. So here he is playing against guys against whom he's practiced, but he's playing for the Carolina Hurricanes as the Zamboni driver in Toronto in Toronto Maple Leaf Gardens as opposed to the the new place they play in. And the first two shots from Toronto go right right past him. Bang, bang. 4-3. Hurricanes had a 4-1 to lead when this happened, and now suddenly he's 4-3, to and they cut to Rod Brindamore, the Canes coach, on the bench, and his head drops. Oh, my God. They get out of the period, the Canes do, leading 4-3, get in the locker room, and David Ayers, this 42-year-old rummy of a goalie, this backup goalie, doing the best he can He's getting no money for this, by the way. And he says, guys, I'm going to stop the puck. And Rod Brindamore says, we're going to help you out. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to help you out. We're going to go after the puck. We're going to go after them aggressively. The Hurricanes win 6-3. He becomes the second oldest player to win his debut. This backup goaltender came out of the stands, the only guy to, to do it this way. And it became such a cause celeb. It became a lightning, a, a lightning rod for the league to such to get such publicity. It immediately took over Twitter. Robert Luongo, sure. uh, Roberto Luongo, 
who, Strombone, you can follow him on Twitter, says this guy has more wins in, in Toronto than I do. <laughs> I like Bobby Lou after all right. that. And there was a tweet from uh, Arpan Basu of the, the Athletic in Montreal, and he approaches Carey Price, the legendary goaltender Carey Price, playing for the Canadians, and says, did you, did you hear what happened in Toronto tonight? And Carey Price says, yeah, the Zamboni driver is going to win the Vezina. <laughs> and it's wonderful. Yes. And it turns out that David Ayers is a kidney survivor, kidney transplant survivor. Mm. Wow, it just it doesn't get any better than this. The 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 talk shows want him, Today Show, Colbert, he's on late night, he's on this Colbert show and he's playing the piano in a in his catching glove and blocker. It's wonderful. He's raising money to benefit the National Kidney Foundation. It just doesn't get any better for this. It falls into the NHL's lap. And what does the NHL do? The same league that could screw up a menage a trois with Charlize Theron and Scarlett Johansson has general manager meetings next week to make sure that something this good never happens again. My God, They're going to take up the case of an emergency backup goalie and they're going to find some way that he could never come out of the stands and do this now this would never happen in the nhl i mean in the in the nba right it's the oddest nobody's going to come sports. out of this right and nobody's going to come out of the stands and it at, at wrigley and well i'm going to pitch because it comes bullpen's bad i've got you, you may want somebody to come out of the stand you yeah. may want jim deshays to yeah. come out of the you want jim deshays or you want dylan maples right now and it's never going to happen in the NFL, even though many Bears fans would would kill to have somebody else play quarterback. The NHL is the only place where if two goalies get injured, the rule is there's a goalie on hand. He's the emergency backup goalie. It's a great story. It's happened about twice in 50 years. But because it was the Maple Leafs, because the Maple Leafs' pride, it happened in Toronto. The Maple Leafs, who, by the way, had the longest bit of failure in the NHL. Now that the Blackhawks have won their, their Stanley Cup, the three of them, the Maple Leafs are the, have the longest running Stanley Cup drought. And, and the answer for the, the NHL should have been, if the Maple Leafs are really NHL players, they would have scored on this guy and beaten him. That's the answer. Right. You let a backup beat you. Maybe you ought to look inside, not try to eliminate the way this happened. Not have a meeting. And it's a great story. And the NHL, much like when when they got a great story of an all-star game, and the fans, they gave the fans the vote, and the fans voted John Scott, the former enforcer, to be one of the captains. The league did everything it could except ban or deport to Russia John Scott. They tried Can't have that. No. We can't have a good time. I railed at the NHL for that. And John Scott became the MVP of the game, and his team won. The NHL continues to soil the bed with every good story that comes its way. I hate them for this, but I love the idea that David Ayers is is doing everything. It's overcoming so far even the NHL's ability to soil the bed with every great story. And that's that. So true. I mean, it's like 
I don't, this is not a proper comparison, but there are things in sports that aren't supposed to happen. Like you're not supposed to get to the point where that goalie comes into the game, but when it happens, it's really interesting, it's really fun, and it's chaos. It's like in baseball when the position pitcher pitches. It really shouldn't happen that way. It's an odd thing. It's a non-professional person doing a job in a big league game. It's the same thing in hockey, but it's like a fun quirk. That doesn't happen often, and when it happens in baseball, it's because something drastic has already occurred in the game. It's out of control. So, Stevie, I'm with you. Um, so one thing on the Blackhawks, a, a, a common uh, theme, refrain, that has come from a lot of people about the Blackhawks is that they, they can't, they should, they are wasting primes of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves, this argument came up again last night as I was watching Sports Talk Live on NBC Sports Chicago. It came up again, the idea of that. And every time I hear that, I think the primes of Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane will never, ever, 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 ever have been wasted because they won three Stanley Cups. They have already properly taken advantage of and capitalized on the primes of those players. Now, another cup would be great, but to keep coming back to this idea that, you know, their their prime will have been wasted, that will never, ever be true. I, I will agree. I can see that argument. I will agree with that. And I was thinking of something similar this week as well, in that the Pittsburgh Penguins won three cups with with Sidney Crosby. Yes. yes. Crosby and Malkin. But the, the the Penguins have always been a threat. The difference between the Blackhawks and the Penguins, the Penguins went back-to-back, and they've been better, far better, about maximizing the window, stretching the window when you have the talents at that level, the elite level. Their they're they're Taves and, and Kane are Crosby and Malkin, and the Penguins have extended that window better than the Blackhawks have. And that's an argument... That that's a point you could make. Again, I don't. I they. I agree. The the decade yeah. the Blackhawks got, they won their. They will never have been wasted. Their prime never. You will never look back and say, "Oh boy, they all the, those five years that they didn't win, they screwed. They screwed themselves over, and they screwed over Kane." No, no. I understand what you're saying. The Penguins have sustained success, and they put themselves in a position to win a Stanley Cup every year. Unlike the Black, like these are bad years. Don't get me wrong. This is bad. What's it's going awful. on? It re- no, it's awful in every way, shape, or form. But I'm just saying, like the the urgency over Kane and Taves, and like they deserve better. They, they've they've gotten better. This segment is brought to you by Illini Healthcare. You deserve quality healthcare. Choose Illini Care Health for healthcare coverage that includes free gym memberships, after school care, and school uniforms that either you or your family can take advantage of. Visit IlliniCare.com today. Illini Care Health is a health choice Illinois plan. So the interesting for the local winter sports teams, we talked about the Bulls and Knicks in a tankathon game. Important for, for tank purposes. Coming at 4 o'clock tonight. on the score. Well, the Hawks also play tonight, and they play against the Florida Panthers. You know who coaches the Panthers? That'd be our guy, the Q-man. Joel Quinville for all you kids. The out Hawks there. go into these to, according to moneypuck.com, the odds of the Hawks making the playoffs are six point five percent. I the odds of them winning the lottery are five point one percent. So there's there's none of these focuses that's starting to come into <laughs> yeah. so 
It's interesting now as we talk about extending, maximizing the window for Taves and Kane, and that the Hawks chose between Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville. Stan. And, and Stan got to bring in his coach, who I don't think the players respect. I think their wildly inconsistent play is a reflection of this guy's being, this guy's being unable to install a system that makes sense to these players, to teach it to these players, to make them believe in it. And I think that when when they're playing well, a five-goal third period against Tampa Bay, that was just Tampa Bay's a runaway, a runaway offensive juggernaut, and here the Hawks coming back on them. I just think it's whatever internal pride there is, whatever's going on in there, I just don't think it has anything to do with Stan Bowman's new coach. But the Hawks chose Stan Bowman over the old coach. I think that's a bad decision, and here it is playing out today. Well, I think that they will like this is um, this will be the off season that they take a serious look at Stan Bowman. Last year was the off season where they well, no, two years ago, right? Now Quinville. I don't know if Good they're going to take a serious look at him. You don't think so? You think no. his job I, is I locked in? And... If for a team with one goal, and if that one goal is to miss the playoffs, they've accomplished that the last three years. <laughs> I just think they made a choice: Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville, and much like Ryan Pace's choice of Mitch Trubisky, I don't think the Blackhawks are going back on this. Okay. Not this year. Yeah. I just think I just don't think this coach is good enough. Well, you're Mister Hockey. I, I, know, I don't I'm... know. I you know I okay. Try to tell you stuff. All right, I will. Um, I will at this point let you know that we are going to take a break. Uh, we suck, so you don't have to. We will take your phone calls if you want to make them. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. I have a really cool hockey story that I want to come back to that happened this week as well. That I think you of all people will appreciate. Great. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Deal with it. Chicago Sports Radio six seventy. The score. Well, and then there's one Maybe more. The- go- there's yes, one more gone yes. but not forgotten, and that's uh, our sweet days or our sweet Lucy. Uh, at the age of twelve, she was run over. Oh, yes. in our driveway. Oh, oh, like that? Was she run over like that? Explain, Lucy. That was a group of high school students calling a game. So we we're just kind of going back to Mark's. Oh uh, uh, yeah, when Mark's- I was era where he was uh, covering high school sports and uh, yeah the wackiness that ensues in some of those broadcasts i'll bring in some of my old high school play-by-play stuff but i was pretty good at it you know i was on a big market trajectory even when i was in the small market steve i was a number one draft choice boom goes the dynamite that's right but no i still love it when i i would love to hear those tapes we tried to find your baseball play-by-play because spiegel's gonna be doing it tomorrow on these very airwaves with coom and we were looking for your, especially specifically the game against the Pirates that the, the Cubs won in extra innings. We could not, somehow we could not get it. But you think you're, you think even back then when you were in Peoria calling high school games, you were, you were big market I was pretty, I don't know if I was big market caliber right away, but I, I just thought I was pretty good at it. Pretty good at talking, pretty good at doing the job. I, I, oh, look, there was plenty of bad, but you know, I did a lot of, did a lot of good things. Called games for uh, Brian Cook and uh, Brian Cook, the old basketball player, and mm-hmm. um, Jason Worth called his games for baseball. So you know, Jason Worth, the the, the, the Washington National Phillies and Phillies beard, and, yeah, yeah. And a big beard, exactly from Chatham, Chatham, Illinois. Okay, now here's a story. I think it's a it's a wonderful hockey story from this week. Uh, Bobby Ryan of the Ottawa Senators 
Um, it's a, a game against the Senators are hosting the Vancouver Canucks. And Bobby Ryan is going to make his debut after leaving the NHL for treatment for alcoholism. He is a hundred days sober. He comes back. He scores a hat trick in a five to two win. And they show they show him on the bench. The video is him on the bench. And the fans are going nuts. And if this were baseball, it would be a curtain call, but it's not really what happens here. And the the cheering is extensive and louder and extensive and prolonged. And he's just tearing up mm. as they chant his name. And I thought that you could appreciate Absolutely. a return like that. that yes. it's, that's not just showing up, which... Is an accomplishment. A hundred sure. days sober, you show up, you're ready to play hockey, and he has a hat trick. You go, Bob. That's Ryan. pretty. Old. And then he went out drinking, and that's the moral <laughs> of the story, right there. I don't think so. I don't think he took one bat. I. Uh, oh, go ahead. No, you, no, no. I was gonna say um, a quick right turn. I went to a a concert last night. I went and saw. At the Riv, I saw um, Fitz and the Tantrums. I don't know if you've heard Fitz. I and know the Fitz and the Tantrums. You know them. Well, I know Fitz. I don't know about some of the Tantrums. I've the had tantrums, tantrums are a pain in the ass. But anyway, um, I saw them last night, and it's very interesting. Client, like I love clientele for bands because you can, like in this case, the it was like young, like eighteen, nineteen, and old, like sixty. But I just realized last night that. Fits in the tantrums falls in a very specific, I think, endangered category. It's a total couples band. Like there was tons of couples at the Fits and the Tantrums concert last night. It's an interesting genre. Yeah, just couples, right? It's it was, a date night kind of band. It's a date night kind of band. And then as I listen to the music, it, it is. It, they they they're not offensive in any way. It's not it's not guy rock. So then it made it made sense to me. So <laughs> that sounds like a Sesame Street character, guy rock. He's, yeah, he's he's leads the garage band, guy rock. Not guy smiley. Not guy smiley. No, guy, guy rock. So yeah, it. Uh, I'd realized that I guess fits in the tantrums is a couples band. Okay. Do you know any other couples bands? No, I know a couple of bands, but not that All one. Right. Joe in Grand Rapids, welcome to the score. Hi, Steve. I got a question for you because I read this article in the Chicago Tribune the other day um, online. They got the digital and they got those e those uh, different uh, uh, articles from different writers from around the country. Mm-hmm. And I and I know how passionate you are about the 1980 hockey team because I remember when you used to write for the Tribune, you said you were in the stands when watching Jim Craig look for his dad. No, 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 no. I saw that on TV like everybody else. It's oh, just the oh, story. I thought, I thought- it's a story I would never let go of. I'd write about it every chance I got. Okay. I, I thought you were there, Steve. I'm sorry. But still, no. you mentioned that, and it, and it gives me goosebumps because I know how much you love hockey. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this guy talked about the 1980 team, about growing up in that era, and he was 17 or whatever. Well, then, apparently, a couple of the players from that team appeared on a, uh, a rally for Donald Trump. And I don't. it doesn't matter what your political affiliation is, in my opinion, but does that cheapen – would that cheapen what they accomplished based on them supporting a president that you may not like? Uh, I, I that would be left to everyone's own decision. It's a notch. Thanks for the call, Joe. It's an. I saw a picture where there bunch of the nineteen eighty in in their reunion nineteen eighty Olympic player uh, members of the team 
and we had Jack on, Jack O'Callaghan on a couple Saturdays ago uh, in advance of the anniversary, 40th anniversary of the game against the Russians. I saw them. They were wearing, they were at a rally with Trump and they were wearing MAGA hats. And I was, I was very surprised. I was disappointed. I was very surprised. Um, so I don't know everything that went into that, but you just look, you make your own decision. There's nothing wrong with making your own decision. You, and, and having an opinion and shouting that opinion there, just understand there are some consequences. Aubrey Huff found that out. You're going to have free, there's free speech. I don't think Aubrey cares. Or well, did he, he sounded like it. Did he? Okay. I didn't hear yeah. the follow. I know that he was excluded from the reunion party. Right. Um, I've been told that Dave Matthews band is the ultimate couples band. That would make sense. Did Dave Matthews tell you that there's the upper, um, ultimate dumpage band, right? Didn't they? Oh yeah. They did dump that in the Chicago river. Yeah. I think it's with saxophones. I think it's something with a saxophone. Cause Fitz and the tantrums had, had saxophone going last night. Oh, it makes sense. And so does Dave Matthews band. They got a little saxophone. So th- this, I just didn't, I came across this. It's, it's a little old, I guess, but Jerry Ferreira, this is an entourage moment. This is an entourage meta moment, right? Jerry Ferreira played Turtle in Entourage, right? Were you not? Are you not? I did. You know what? I have not seen oh Entourage, so I'll try Chen, to. I'm going to act like I'm. I've seen it. Yeah. All right, can you do the, this segment then? Seen the movie, though, <laughs> you do the uh huhs, okay? Okay. Go ahead. Uh-huh. You got it. All right. Uh huh. Okay. So, come on, Steve. In the wake of Kobe's passing, Jerry Ferreira, Turtle. Texts E, Kevin Connolly, who played Eric, and says, What was the deal? Basically, say, We did this thing. We did this thing where we met Kobe at a two th- in 2005 at a Lakers game, and he couldn't remember all the details, but Kevin Connolly remembers all the details. And Kobe had sprained his right ankle, and he couldn't play. They're shooting an entourage scene. It was called to be at the Staples Center, and they're the. The shooting stops and out walks Kobe. And Kobe says, All right, who's up for this? A hundred bucks. I'm gonna my I, I got no right foot. I'm gonna put it in from the corner with my left hand. Who's up for a hundred bucks? We are. All guys in entourage do it. We are. Kobe rims out. Kobe goes, double or nothing. And they say, Okay, yeah. Left handed, Kobe rims out. That's it. No And then he walks nothing? then he walks away. And they sit, the guys from Entourage are sitting there courtside anyways in the real life, this game against the Cavaliers, because they're really get they got tickets. And in the second quarter, somebody walks up with an envelope and says, here, this is from Kobe. And the envelope has 800 bucks in it. Wow. He always paid his debts. What do you think, Mike? Believable. Yeah. Do you like the story? Yeah, it was good. Uh-huh. good. Yeah. Thanks right. for your work today, Chen. You Appreciate yeah, you, man. Thanks for your Chen. I love American Mike. Hey, Zach Withers, he tried, you know? Yeah, he tried. Yeah. He was very trying, as yeah. a matter of fact. <laughs> David Schuster, what did you think of his performance? He tried. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, you come on, you you talk about the Bulls. You, you He didn't have a movie Sucks. for us, so... I don't know. Actually, no. Schuster was not great today. He was kind of Boylan-esque the way it came down. (laughs) Yeah, he he didn't He'll be back to try it again at 345 when the Bulls play the Knicks as a pregame show. J.J. Stankovic, how'd you like his? He brought it? Yeah, he was good. You know, the only reason I give him the benefit of the doubt is because he's got twins. He's got babies. He's got little twins that he he has to. He relishes the chance to be on the radio and just close the door and say, they can't bother me. That's true. You're welcome, J.J. Yeah. Yep. 
We want to thank everyone who welcomed back Saturday Suckage, except no substitutes. He's the original Mark Rohde. I'm the original Steve Rosenblum. We are Chicago's original all-sports talk station, 670 The Score. It wouldn't have been possible if we weren't here to be told how much we suck. So kudos to you guys for sucking as bad as we do. Oh, yes. Wait Wait a minute, minute, Mr. Post. Wait, wait. Wait. Oh, yeah. That's it. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 